Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 40-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. When it comes to success in network marketing, who better to learn from than leaders who have actually done it? Listen as Richard interviews top leaders and gives you a behind-the-scenes look at how they did it. You'll get incredible tips and duplicable actions you can do right now to build your own four-year career. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's easy-to-use tools that will help propel your network marketing business to the next level at blissbusiness.com. This is Richard Blissbrook with Bliss Business, and tonight we have yet another extraordinary hero call. Tonight we have the opportunity to interview Esther Spina with Ambit Energy. She lives in the Dallas, Texas area. She's from San Diego, and she has an 11-year story about building her network marketing empire and you're going to love how she got started and what she learned and how she implemented it and then what she's doing now above and beyond network marketing, her own network marketing business and how she's supporting and empowering women all over the world and uh, other networkers to build their empire. So uh, Esther and I had an opportunity uh, yesterday or the day before to chat for a few minutes because even though we have been in a lot of the same events and the same circles, we've never met, and I really, really was fascinated with your story. So, Esther, welcome to the call. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Where are you in the world tonight? I am sitting in my uh, office in front of my computer uh, in actually Fort Worth, Texas, Dallas-Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. You're in Fort Worth. There is a distinction. I actually do there. live in, yeah. Do you That's live nice. in actual Fort Worth or a suburb of Fort Worth? A suburb, a suburb of Fort Worth. But no one ever hears of where we live. I live in Keller, Texas, so if anyone out there knows, Keller. it's a suburb of, <laughs> of Fort Worth. So we just say Dallas. Whenever I go anywhere, I just say Dallas because everyone's heard of Dallas. Yes. And it sounds well, I'm better. In Cor- it sounds, you know, better. It does. I'm in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and I think we have people from all over the world listening tonight. So mm-hmm. exciting! Let's <clears throat> let's dive into it. Um, tell us a little bit about you prior to network marketing, and then ease into telling us how you got introduced to Ambit, and who introduced you to the opportunity. We're always very interested on these zero calls in who was the person that asked the right questions, cast the right vision, did it in the right way that we actually looked, and then saw the opportunity we were looking for. So can you put that two-part story together? Absolutely. Well, I ha- if you have a few hours, because I'm actually a lot a late uh, bloomer in network marketing, so I have a big history before I started network marketing, so I'll try to make it short, except for um, 
my husband and I owned a contracting company in San Diego for about 15 years. And when the recession hit in the 1990s, we decided to migrate to Texas and we brought our four little babies and we crossed country and we started completely over in Texas after having a business. And I went to work. I told my husband, hey, I'm not going to be in the contracting business anymore. I'm going to go do my own thing. So I got into outside sales and uh, commission only. And that was what I was doing, actually, um, when my 25-year-old son walked into my office one day. Now, to tell you, I had um, sent him to college, sent $100,000, Got a, he had a finance degree, and he's working in downtown Dallas, handling people's money, pretty successful, and I was very proud of him. When I was doing my outside sales job, commission only, that's all I ever knew. I never knew about like passive income or, or residual income. I just worked for every dollar I made, but that was all I ever knew. So he walks into my office one day. I guess there was a gentleman that came across the hall to him, and, and one day and said, hey, I have this great business opportunity. And, you know, he's out of college. He's young. He's 25. He's like, oh, great. I'll go out and talk to my mom about it. So he comes into my office, proceeds to walk into my office and says, mom, I have this great business opportunity. Oh, my gosh, you'd be so great. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm, I look at him. I go, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? Those things are pyramids. Those are scams. <laughs> I spent, I did. I was. I, I said, I spent $100,000 and sent you to college. Go back to your job. I was dead serious. And he just looked at me. I'm like, seriously. And, um, but he was very persistent. I'm not sure where he got that from. But he came into my office every single day for 14 days and asked me uh, about this opportunity. I told him no, everything. I mean, I just totally ignored him. Then the 14th day, Richard, he walked to my office and says, Mom, I really value your opinion. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where he got that, but you know what? Every mom wants to hear that their kid values their opinion, right? I'm like, okay, you value my opinion? Great. Okay. He says, just take a look. Okay. Well, that's mm-hmm. non-threatening. And that's one of the things I learned uh, up front in network marketing that works like a charm every time. Rather than ask people to join, I just ask people to look. Because when they look, it's non-threatening. They, they don't have their defenses up. So after 14 days, that actually worked on me. I go, sure, I'm going to go give you my opinion right now. And so we set up an appointment, went to corporate, and I'm going to tell you what, I was the most pessimistic. You give hope to anybody that's talking to anybody about the business, even your own kids or your own family. I don't care how negative they were. I was the negative Nelly. I wasn't going to have anything to do with it. Remember, I've been working 30 years, and lots of people had approached me about network marketing, quote, and never looked at it. Um, but when I went down and was open and willing to take a look to tell them no, I saw the presentation. It was okay. I saw the comp plan. Uh-huh. Had my, my hands up, and then all of a sudden they get – the bottom line of the residual income of how much you could make every single month. And I went, oh, my gosh, what? wait, stop, stop, okay. Wait, what did you say? Your finance major, like, does that all add up? That's basically how I was, like, okay, add that all up because, you know, it was quite a bit of money. And the thing that was happening with me was that uh, my husband was going to be able to retire 
but without retirement pay. And so if anyone out there relates to that. Uh, and so I said, oh, my gosh, this could be our retirement because I, I just thought I was going to have to work till I was like 100. So I was like, you know, I'm just always going to work. We don't have any retirement. And I'm kind of high maintenance and I love shoes. And I, you know, he was only going to get $1,250 a month. And you have to understand, and a lot of people out there may be able to, and if you're young, you might not really understand it now, but you need to listen. There will come a day where, you know, it, it does happen. And he was going to make, after 40 years of working, $1,250 a month from the Social Security. That was going to be right. our retirement. And i like, I can't live off that because my shoes cost $1,250. Okay. So <clears throat> anyway, long story short, I saw it. And I went, oh, my gosh, he could retire. I could retire my husband. And so I drove home. I remember he hadn't signed up yet. And I got to my house. I called him up and said, are you going to sign up? Because if you don't, I'm going to sign up. And he goes, I'm going to sign up, Mom. (laughs) Of course he is. So rest is history. And and, and what's funny is there's a few people on the line, Nikosha's and and Melinda Lilly, which are so awesome because they're not under me, but they're under my, my son and they're part of his success as well, uh, and they're still awesome. They're awesome people. But fast forward, uh, 11 years ago, August 7, 2006, when I said yes, and I, I got it the first time. I mean, I saw it because finally I, I was willing to look at it. See, you don't know what you don't know, so I was never willing to look at anything before. So that's why I probably missed out all these years of, you know, making residual income. But uh, fast forward, four years later, I did retire my husband, and he plays golf three or four times a week, sometimes five. <laughs> and um, the only thing I ask of him is when he plays golf, he wears a shirt with our company name, because when people ask him, he does, that's his only requirement. And my son that got me into the business, he is a multimillionaire. He has been a stay-at-home dad for, oh gosh, maybe seven years, six or seven years, because he's on his fourth child. Um, and it, it's awesome. And so that's, that's how I got started and what I did before. And okay, anything else that's that you want to know about that? So it doesn't <laughs> happen very often that the adult son uh, enrolls the parents. And, right. uh I love the part of the story where he came every day for 14 days and just tried a different approach. And one of the uh, pillars of the Bliss Business approach to enrolling people is to just ask people to take a look. Right. And if you'll just do that instead of telling them, you know, even allowing them to assume what you're asking them to do is sign up or sell for you or mm-hmm. buy your products. Or if you'll just ask them to take that little tiny baby step, it's really easy for people to do. So tell us, Next. Esther, about your start. So your first four or five years uh, was the most important part of your mm-hmm. business. Tell us, like, if you can remember, like, oh, what no. were you thinking about – in your first 90 days, what was your mindset? 
What was your attitude? What was your business plan? What did you see yourself doing, and what did you do? Well, that's interesting because, you know, when I saw it, when you first see the opportunity, most people do it on emotion because they are excited and they see it and they have dreams and they have things they want to accomplish. And I was no different. So I just said, yes, okay, if I can make that kind of money, I'm going to work really hard for the first five years. And if I, if I worked really hard, I could do that. But the reality sunk in when I, I can see myself right now sitting in front of my computer, clicking the button, and then I just sat there. And I went, oh, crap. What have I done? I clearly hear myself saying that in my head. Like, I didn't have a clue what to do. Like, remember, my son signed me up. He didn't know anything either. It's like the blind leading the blind. And it was a new company. They didn't know what they were doing. Um, but I sat there for a few minutes, and then I did what I just knew to do in an outside sales commission, and it's, it's really a pillar of, of network marketing, I, I find out, is I sat there and got a yellow pad. I put a line down the middle. I'm going to make my list. And uh, on one side, I wrote, I, wrote all, I wrote down every single person that came to my mind that I thought could use energy, which is what we sold. Okay? Right. I mean, literally, just in, in a, practically everybody. And then on the other side, I wrote, Everybody that I thought I could talk to about the business, they owed me a favor. Um, and, and I did that so, for okay, a while. Uh, okay. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. So, okay, this is great. On the left side, you listed everybody that you thought had an affinity, would be open to, and had a need for the product, which that should have been your entire database dumped on that side of the page because mm -hmm. um, you're selling energy. But on the right side of the page, Texas. right, only in Texas, okay. So on the right side of the page, you're writing down everybody that you thought you could talk to about the income opportunity, which is, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, that's a different animal. And mm -hmm. so I'm curious, and I think the people would be curious, what was your thought processes about who you thought you could talk to about the income opportunity? Like how did you qualify them? And you said you gave a great clue there. Who owed you a favor? Mm -hmm. Tell us. So how I interpret that is you looked to capitalize on relationship. Yep. Mm -hmm. and exactly. So t tell us about how you saw the relationship with people such that it gave you permission to ask them to take a look. Well, you know, and, and this is the standard is go talk to your friends and family, right? <laughs> and yeah. so uh, on that side would be, you know, yes, it would be friends and family, but they had to qualify like maybe, like if you're mean to Uncle Tom and you don't have a relationship with him and you didn't go to his birthday party or, you know, something like that, you know, he's probably not going to be on. He's not going to be willing to owe you a favor. So it was right. really pe it was people that I was very close to. They, they might have been business savvy. They might not have. Uh, they may have asked me in, in the past uh, to uh, look at something, and uh, usually I would buy a lot of the products, so that was always good. But I think mainly it was just um, 
people that I thought might be in the same boat that I am, that wanted something different, that would want to make extra money. And it was relationship, definitely. I definitely, my whole first entire list was people I knew or had come across with. And I didn't discount anybody. I didn't prejudge anybody. Because I think what you do when you make your list is you just write every single thing that comes to your mind. Don't start thinking about, like, should I put this person here? Should I not use it? Put them all down. And then... You wouldn't have... You wouldn't have put you on the list. Well, what do you, oh, you mean <laughs> maybe not. Well, be, well, so the point I want to make there is you didn't think you were interested in network Exactly. Okay, I get it. Yes, exactly. And so good So thing, how I, did you use that how did you use that story in your storytelling to your prospects that you didn't think you were interested? You weren't interested you know, for a couple of weeks of being asked to be interested, and then you just took a look and you saw retirement. Mm-hmm. So how did you use that in the stories you told your prospects? Exactly what you said. Look, I, I, I never looked at network marketing. I didn't like it. I thought it was a scam, a pyramid. But when I was open to taking a look, you know, and that's and what all did you tell I asked what did you tell him, Esther, you saw when you took a look? What did you, the, what did you the tell him you saw that was different? Okay. Because it was the passive residual income that you could make every month, that you work, for your, you work one time, and then you get paid every month. I love yeah. that concept. I mean, that's the whole thing with passive residual income with network marketing is that you're capitalizing on the efforts of other people. And, you know, I don't like the way that sounds, but, you know, Remember, I was in outside sales commission, and it's, it's personal production all the way. It's dog eat dog. It's like if you want to earn more, you work more. I actually saw yeah. the power of duplication and um, what could happen when three tell three that tell three that tell three, and you know, yeah. and you know how it goes that that thing. And so, I I didn't know how I would get there in the beginning. I just saw the bottom line. I'm like a bottom line person. So when I saw the comp line, I just saw the bottom line. I go, oh my God, you can make that much? Okay, I could retire my husband and I could buy my shoes. Okay, that's all I thought about. And um, okay. when I made that list, after you need to make the list, but then that doesn't mean you can't get overwhelmed and think like, oh my gosh, I got 200 people I can never call them. You just, I just started going down the list. And one at a time. And then, you know, some say no, some say yes, call me later. And, and then when you get someone that says yes, you just start working with them. You don't try to, like, call everybody. You just keep working the list, working the list every day, every day, every day. And there should just never – and then you keep adding to it every day. I mean, for years, the first four or five years, I never ran out of people to talk to, ever. I just, right, right. They were, just kept adding to the list. So you, uh, in studying your stats, Esther, you, one of the reasons I wanted to interview you is your, your career, your four-year career matched up with mm-hmm. about 95% of the people that I've interviewed that have built a multi-million dollar business. And what I mean by a multi-million dollar business is the person is earning at least $10,000 a month in residual income. They've got thousands of active distributors on their team. Um, you know, they've got dozens of leaders. So 
what they do doesn't really matter anymore because they've got they've got that structure they've got leadership impregnated throughout their team mm -hmm. and one of the things that you did that the other 95% also did was you personally enrolled a hundred people in your first few years in the business mm -hmm. and <clears throat> so besides working the numbers what did you sort of drop into as maybe if you could off the cuff Tell us two or three strategies, tips, distinctions, secrets, things that you sort of dropped into as, wow, this, this works in converting people that don't see and don't believe into seers and believers. That's a complicated way to ask, what are your top two or three tips for turning that names list into new distributors? Well, uh, I mentioned it because I, and this is what I learned from my son prospecting me so I can talk about how it, how it changed me, is number one, I think that asking for a favor is really important because you can't try, I, you know, in the beginning, oh, this is so great for you. You're going to save money. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You know, sometimes people don't really care about that as much as they do when you ask for a favor. I learned to ask for favors from people that Beautiful. I knew. Could you just do me a favor? I mean, unless they're just really not your friend or they're really, like, uh, cold, most of them are going to say, sure, what do you need me to do? I just need you to take a look. I'm really excited about this. Now, again, I, don't, I learned not to say I need you to join. And I was probably one of the worst in the beginning because I'm like, oh, my God, you would be so good at this. Oh, la, 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 you know, and you're just, like, talking on and on and on. And so you are like, wait a minute, you know, I can't do what you do. So... Early on, I learned to ask for favors from people that I had relationships with and then even people I had relationships with and, and people I would just encounter, you know, a waitress or cold calling, the car wash or whatever, the bank, uh, is ask them, um, would you take a look? Or would you keep yourself open for additional income? Most people say yes, they really do. I mean, there's some that say, no, I don't want to make more money. But there's, right. most people are going to say, yeah, I, I want to make more money. Well, would you just take a look at this and see if it makes as much sense to you as it did to me? So it's that, all okay, about, that's a great, that's a great <laughs> set of language there. See if it mm -hmm. makes and, as much sense to you as it did to me. Beautiful language. And it so works. after I mean, you, you get to, like, people to look, mm -hmm. after you get people to look, What's your best tip on how to actually have them see it? Well, see, this is the way I feel about that, Richard. I feel like if you have the presentation, whether it's the video or whatever you're showing them, and you do it in a way that makes them see it, not everybody is going to say yes. You're just going to have to face that. But at the end of the day, um, so does it make sense to you? That's always my question. So I'm not, yeah. what do you think? Does it, did it make sense to you? And most people, I tell you, they will say, yeah. What does that mean? So that did you primarily try? use um, an Ambit tool to show them? Uh, you know, um, 
uh, different ways, you know, like videos are really big, websites and all that are really good. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any one way to do this business now. Um, right. I, I think, you know, that different things for different people work. You know, we have our presentations mm. and we have videos. I love videos because that's so duplicatable. I mean, I can sit down and give the best presentation to anybody and stand in front of the room, but that's not duplicatable. I had to learn that right. too. I just learned to keep it real simple and if I can press a play button, so can you. That's all you have to do. Watch a five-minute video. And does it make sense to you? One thing is, is you have to really understand. Some people will say, yeah, but it's just not for me. Great. I always ask this question if it doesn't make sense, or if they say no, is I'm sure you have a good reason for feeling that way. May I ask what it is? Uh, yeah, because that's great. What happens is people take the no and they don't find out. I want to know why. And then you know what? I find out 90% of the time they will tell you why. I don't have the money. I, I have to talk to my spouse. I mean, they really have some legitimate, but they're not going to say I don't have the money or it's too expensive or anything unless you ask. And that takes a little bit of practice, too, to just say, did it make sense? Yeah, but it's just not for me. You know, I, I don't want to do it. I, I totally understand may I ask well, how you feel that way? May I ask why? And then, you know, so I don't know. I'm of the school that I'm just not going to, like, um, try to beat anybody over the head. And that's why I think even with products or service. Ours was a service that was a little bit different, but I've been involved in some products and people sharing them with me. And I think the same thing with products is um, would you just try it? Try it for a week and tell me what your opinion is. Right. So um, that that may or may not work, you know, instead of like, you want to buy it, or this is great, oh my gosh, this is so healthy for you, you know, some people, right. I just don't think that's the way to go about trying to convert somebody. It's really their decision, because well, I tell you, listen, when I saw it, when I actually finally opened up and took the time to look, I got it. I mean, I just got it. I just needed to have the opportunity to look at it without feeling defensive or like I was going to have to join. Then I made my own decision. Now, some people need a little bit of prodding along the way, and there's, there's things you can do about that. But I'm saying for the most part, this is my experience in 11 years, and I mean, I'm buying some, you know, you've been a lot longer than me and started when you were really young. But anyway, that's, that's kind of what, like how I started out for the first, you know, I'm going to say four years. We were talking about that the other day. I didn't even realize I, I, I had made a five-year commitment. I thought, you know, I could do this in five years. I'm going to work hard every single day. I got up every single morning like my hair was on fire. Every single morning, like with that Y in front of me, I'm going to retire my husband. I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire. And I never lost the passion for that because the first time that you lose passion for why you started it or, or you quit, like if I would have quit, then you know what I was saying to my husband? I, I give up on your retirement. You know, it's not that important because I'm right. going to quit. Yeah. So. That's, a, that's a great thing to hang on to. So you mm -hmm. said a couple things in there, Esther, that I want to point out to people that are really, really powerful lessons. Uh, one is uh, if you, even if you can develop into doing a great presentation yourself, Mm -hmm. um, the downside of that is the prospect looks, prospect looks at your great presentation. Might, might even be you in a Starbucks with a yellow pad, and 
boy, you can rip through that yellow pad and lay out all these yep. distinctions. And or maybe it's you in front of the room, which is even you know that's a hundred times scarier for a prospect. And one of the things that's going on in a prospect's mind in evaluating this opportunity that they may not articulate is, can I do what you're doing, or do I want to do what you're doing? Right. And if all you're doing is giving them a tool, here's a link to a website, here's a link to a video, uh, here's a book like The Four-Year Career, if all you're doing is handing out the message and you're, you keep your role to being a messenger, then you could be making $100,000 a month and you're yeah. not intimidating to a prospect because what you're doing to build the business, they see themselves as being able to do. Yeah, because so, I might even do a home presentation in the beginning, Richard. I would get up there with my PowerPoint, my projector, and I'm thinking like, okay, so what person in a home meeting, how many can do that? or want to do right. that. And when I changed right. uh, uh, that thinking and just went over and pressed the play button, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you, know, got, you my, get more people. My favorite niche of networker uh, are the ones that love to plaster their car with signs about their opportunity. And on mm -hmm. weekends, they set up booths at fairs and trade shows. And mm -hmm. I love to ask them, you know, like, what's your thinking behind that? And what's interesting is they're doing it because they love to do it. And I respect mm -hmm. that. I think that's, you want to put a sign on your car, that's awesome. You want to do a trade show on the weekend, that's fantastic. What you might think about is are the people that you're looking to attract, the people that actually see you with a sign all over your car, or they see you at a trade show, do they want to do that? Do they want to put signs on their car? Do they want to do trade shows on the weekend? And so that what, what I think you and I have both found, Esther, is that the, the way to appeal to people is keep the business really simple and mm -hmm. keep your modus operandi um, such that people can do it anywhere, anyhow, they don't need equipment. They don't need to be someplace. All they need to be is open to asking people, hey, will you help me out? Will you do me a favor? Will you take a look? And then give them a tool. Right. Simple as that. So you're, uh, I always like to extrapolate, big fancy word for people. What happens when you personally enroll 100 people over two or three or four years in network marketing and you fan the fire with recognition and leadership and events and coaching and what, it, what does the magic uh, of geometric progressions create for you? And in Esther's case, which is a unique business model, anybody involved in energy is not like products. It's okay. different. The numbers are different. Uh, but those 100 people turned into 20,000 distributors in just a few states, maybe what, three or four or five states? Yeah. We're, well, we're at, at, yeah. How many are you in we're now? In, well, we're in 16 states now, but for a long but time, when you we were built. in two or three. Yeah, no, when I, we were in, when I start, we were in one, and then a year or two later, we added New York, so 
actually the first five years we were probably in five, I guess, just a few. Yeah. And you have 60,000 customers, and you and I were tinkering around with the calculator trying to figure out how much energy does your sales organization sell every month? How much business have you brought to Ambit that they get to profit from? And we figured that was at least $12 million a month. Well, it's the average well, of 200. Yeah. And I never even looked at that because I, I, we don't do it that way. We don't get paid by the revenue. But that's how come they're a billion and a half dollar business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, now I, now I figure it out. Well, you know, it's, I just think it's fascinating because, you know, when, when people are looking at network marketing, they look at it and they go, oh, you know, maybe this, is, this feels like it might be peddling. This is for people that need money. This is for desperate people. You know, this isn't for me. I'm a business person. I'm sophisticated. Exactly what I, I want to look, look good, you know. I want to I roll with the big dogs, and uh, I just – like for people to recognize the magic of geometric progressions and a simple business model, what it turns into. So your son persistently asking you to take a look, you getting in and staying focused on retiring your husband and not giving up on that vision turns into a $12 million a month business in, you know, in your case, probably six, seven, eight years. And mm -hmm. that's the magic of network marketing. So um, transition, Esther, tell us, in the years that you were really focused on building, mm -hmm. uh, what is the single biggest mistake that you made? And let me define what I mean by mistake. This might have been a bad habit you had, so you did it all the time. It might have been a one-time uh, serious blunder, or it just might have been something that you, that you did four, five, six, ten times until you finally realized, wow, this is really damaging. And it may not have been a mistake that manifested itself in sales and income. It might have been a health mistake, a family mistake, a priorities mistake, a relationship mistake, an integrity mistake, or what's most common, it, a mistake in strategy in building your team. What's your biggest blunder? Well, uh, I think if I'm looking at that, if I, if I learned anything about how to do a network marketing company, what I found myself doing in the beginning of the business, rather than building and progressing, I was managing I, and I, Tell us I didn't, about that distinction. Yeah, and I didn't really realize I was doing that. So, you know, everybody in every network marketing business, you get promoted to different levels and everything. And, and so I, I would just so on the people, I actually had this in my mind. I actually said this, Richard. I cannot believe I said, I, you know, because I was really passionate about it, and I just wanted to help everybody. And I said, I am never going to let one person ever quit or ever not be able to do this. <laughs> That's how naive I was. I that'll swear. kill you. 
Well, I, I thought that was, well, everybody would feel like I was. It, they would just all jump on, and I'm, that's my mission in life. I am going to, and about killed me the first, you know, year because I, I couldn't let people go. I just could not let them go. I, I mean, especially if they were friends or family, you're just like, oh, my gosh, that'd be the worst, you know? Um, and, tell us, and so, Esther, identify what was the actual script in your head well, that you repeated, um, what would it say about you if they failed? Well, if they failed, I would say I would think it was my fault, you know. And I'm, I'm, I think I'm a pretty good leader, and I have managed people in corporate world before in different scenarios. So I thought you could manage people in network marketing too. And the difference between building and management is like you are, you're, you're not. Continue when I got promoted, and then I couldn't get any further than that. And I remember going to the owner one day and saying, "Oh my gosh, what's wrong? I, I, I can't get out of this." And he's actually the one that brought it to my attention that you have to continually be building, and that means personally recruiting because not everybody's going to go with you. You're going to have to get over it. You're going to have to know some will, some won't. They get in, and for whatever reason, they have the best intentions. And they they will just quit. They you know, and we know. I don't know what the stats are, but we know majority of people get in, and then they they don't they don't stay with it. And that was just a killer for me. And but during that time, I was always trying to calm and motivate them and stay with them. And I was not focused on building my business because I think you continually have to do two things. Yes, you work with the people that want to work, and then you can. Continually, one of the tricks is why I've made millions of dollars in this business to date is because I continually recruited. I never stopped. Yep. I never stopped personally recruiting. And during that time when I was managing people, I did quit. I mean, I, I was just trying to manage the team and trying to get them to, which there's a certain point of that, but if you really want to make big bucks and you really want to build a big team, you will always continually be recruiting. Now, I don't recruit as many People, as I did in the beginning, because I don't have to, but I, I would say those first four to five years, I was recruiting all the time, you know, and I still love right. to recruit, and I'll do a couple people a month, you know, personally, but right. during those first right. so critical other four than years. Mm-hmm. Other than personally recruiting and leading versus managing, so mm-hmm. uh, we're going to, the flip side of your mistake was lead versus manage, so don't use that in answering this question, but mm-hmm. in creating your success, what is the smartest thing you ever did one time or repetitively? And you can't use recruiting. Okay. Mm, the smartest thing I ever did? Oh, my gosh. You didn't tell me you were going to ask that. Okay. I didn't um, tell you anything I was going to ask. I know. You didn't tell me anything. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um I don't know if there's just one smart thing, but I think if I had to pinpoint the one smartest thing I did is, uh, and this was after uh, several years, and I had developed leaders, and at this point, you know, I still had gotten my recruiting down, and I decided that, see, this is the other extreme. Then if you're just so involved in yourself and you find out that you're still working tons of hours and you're not leveraging the people that come into your business, right? Because there's a fine line uh, between doing that. And so 
I decided that I was going to find my top 12 leaders and I was going to help them get to their next promotion. And, uh, and there was a strategy. I had a big strategy. One thing that carried at the end of this thing was this company was giving a $100,000 bonus. So that did help, but I had to develop a strategy to do it. I thought, man, if I do it all myself, I'm not going to make it. But if I had 12 people and they each got promoted, that means they each have to get four customers. That means I would have, I can't remember, three, 5,000 customers, and I would make 100 grand. But I had to commit to that. So a leader, once you're the leader, you have to commit to a certain, you have to commit to your people. And I developed a weekly call where they, uh, first of all, I went out and sought them and said, these are the things that you're going to have to do if you want me to help you get to the next promotion. I said, you are going to have to meet on this call every single week, and you're going to have to give me your number. You know what, every time at the drop of the hat, what's your number to get to the next promotion? You're going to have to read this book. I gave them two books to read. You're going to have to email me and ask for a 15-minute one-on-one. Then you're going to have to email me your activity. And at the end of the uh, – if you can do all these things, then I'll commit to you. And it was really fun because I did that for about 12 weeks. And uh, a few dropped out. But uh, I reached my goal. And it was so easy because I put a strategy in place. And I think – intentional, doing things intentional, that's one thing I've learned in network marketing. You have to be intentional about everything you do. I mean, yes, you can just like hope it happens or make it work or, you know, in the beginning you're just working off pure, you know, energy and emotion. But, you know, there comes a time in where you have to put your strategy and be intentional about what you're doing. So I thought that was pretty smart because it, it worked and I developed some great leaders out of it and, and, um, and I advise all, I, I've taught on that a little bit more in length, but how to really take your leaders and you'll know they're a leader when you ask them to do something and they do it. If they don't say, oh, I didn't have time this week or I didn't, eh, they're cut. You know, by that time I had learned just to cut them loose. I had a cold, then it was like, okay, if you want, I'll be here 24 seven, but for anybody, but you know, you have to want it. I'm not, I'm not going to chase people anymore. I don't, I don't like do that. I want them to want it more than I want it for them. See, in the beginning, I wanted it more for them than they wanted it. And that's the reverse. Does that make sense? Yep. And how I would label that is the, the brilliance that you deployed on your team was you became a coach and you put together a coaching program and you asked people if they wanted to participate, and everybody mm-hmm. had a goal, and your job was to coach them across the finish line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I found consistent with all great network marketers uh, is that they, whether they call themselves that or they just call it leadership or mentorship or, or, or just strategy, is they're coaches. And on the flip side, I found that everybody that succeeds in network marketing, let's say 95%, there's some natural talent that succeeds without it, but 95% of the people that succeed in network marketing are coachable, which means they recognize they'll go much farther, they'll do better if they partner with somebody and they're vulnerable enough with somebody to allow that person to coach them. 
And, you know, we could talk about coaching for a long time, but one of the simplest ways to look at it is what a coach does for the player is a coach asks the player to do things that the player won't ask of themselves, mm-hmm. you know, to stretch, to mm-hmm. stay accountable, to stay focused, to stay motivated, to stay disciplined. And, you know, those conversations that you have, whether they're daily or weekly or, you know, every couple of weeks, those conversations of championing those people, uh, people that avail themselves to coaching, they just play harder. They produce more. They go mm-hmm. places that they never would see themselves going on their own initiative. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, super brilliant. All right. For time's sake, uh, Esther, I want to transition and I want to hear about your books, which uh, I will acknowledge I have not read, hmm. um, but I'm going to read them, and I want you to tell everybody about them. So in 2013, you released your first book, The Ambitious Woman. I love that name, Ambitious. What it takes and why you want to be one. Tell us about that book. Why did you write it? What's in it? And who's buying it? Well, actually, don't be fooled by the name, um, Richard, the ambitious woman, what it takes and why you want to be one, because most of my comments will always come from men when they read it, because it's, it's good stuff, because every, every man needs to know what a powerful woman, an ambitious woman, how they, how they think and, and why they should be one. And if, if you have a powerful woman on your team, there isn't anything that you can't do. It's funny because they go, they ask my son now, he's 30, ooh, how old is he? Well, I can do the math, um, 36. And he, they say, gosh, how did you become a millionaire? What did you do? And he goes, well, just recruit your mom. And right. then he'll go, well, or recruit, recruit uh, a woman. Just recruit any woman. And so... That's kind of funny because that's how I feel because it, uh, an ambitious woman, there's nothing like her. And you said it, well, I love the word. And a lot of people, when they first hear the word, you know, what comes to their mind? Sometimes they think power hungry, getting ahead no matter what it takes, someone who runs over others to accomplish their goals. When you say a man's ambitious, sometimes they'll say, oh, he's so awesome. He's so wonderful. And then if you hear that a woman's ambitious, a lot of the response is, oh, she thinks she's all that. Oh, she's such an ambitious, you know, no, 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 no. So I, I really want to turn that around because actually when you think about ambitious, it means having or showing a strong desire and determination to succeed. Whoa. You know, eagerly desires obtaining success, power, wealth. And to me, that just says it all. That is what the word ambitious means, according to the dictionary. And so when I thought about what ambitious means, I thought, that's me. That's, I didn't even know I was bad. And what does it take to be one? And, and so I, I wrote the book based on 30 years of, of a career, of, you know, which 10 of that is in, in network marketing, but it, the principles are all the same. And, and what does it take to be ambitious? And because why do you want to be one? For all those definitions that I told you. And so if you just go through the chapter, it's just really about 
what does it take? And, and I love some of the things in it, live an inspired life, encouraging action, dream life, determined life, motivated life, humble life. And I just tell some stories about my life and, and about those. So it's Beautiful. a great, it can be a good um, one to read a chapter a day and really ponder and think on it. I have an audio and a, and a journal with it too, but um, I get a lot, a lot, a lot of men reading it and, and loving it and a lot of comments back. So don't be fooled by the name. So do you have one? Because I should send you one if you don't have it. You don't have to buy it. Uh, I'm one. happy to buy it. I'm, I'm, in <laughs> fact, I'm, as I was listening to you, I was just um, making a mental note to have Lindsay, my assistant, order both books. Um, I'm not a huge reader, but um, uh, I'm more of a I listener. I do have an audio. I do have an audio. Yeah, great. So, you could, I'll you do that. Um, so a couple of years ago, you released the Everything Guide to Network Marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. How's that different? Well, um, the ambitious woman is really a story. Or is really a you know I wrote it and I'm talking in it and it's the first person. So what happened was I had a publisher approach uh, me and it's the Everything Guide series. They've been around with for like 50 years, everything guide to cooking, everything guide to sewing, everything guide to right. whatever. And they, they wanted me to write the everything guide to network marketing. Can you believe that? And I felt like, oh, my gosh, I'm not the one that could be writing. <laughs> they need, <laughs> yeah, they need to ask them, somebody else. That I really was so, like, intimidated by it. But, you know, they, they wanted a woman. They, they wanted – they don't, didn't want all the rah-rah. It's all factual. So the book – is great. I did have some help writing it from people that have been in the industry a long time, even though it's, it's my, my book. But the thing of it is, it's the Everything Guide to Network Marketing. Whether you're thinking about getting into network marketing and you want to know what it's all about, whether I wish I would have written this when I first started because it really talks about every single kind of plan, what it is, the pitfalls, the downfalls, but it's not in first person. It's, it's just a factual base about network marketing. So Anybody that uh, has either been in the business a while and they, they, they want more information or they're thinking about it, it's just it's everything guide to network marketing. So those Got are the, the two books that I have. And, and people can get those at Amazon or estrofina.com? Right. Yeah, they're on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> so uh, there's one more project I want you to touch on, and I want you to touch on it. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question. This is a question that sort of wraps husband Frank, your children, your grandkids, your uh, ambit business, uh, your books, your uh, direct sales.tv. Uh, tell us about that, and but wrap it in the form of what are you doing with your life and your business and your ambition for the next four or five years? Well, you know, when I started network marketing, it was purely, you know, uh, motivational to retire my husband and make money. Made that very clear. Never in my wildest dreams did I see myself 10 years later where I'm at today. But that's what happens when you're ambitious and, and you go out and just do what you should do, opportunities come your way. Now, I've always, always been um, highly motivated uh, to empower women. I love empowering women. I love powerful women. I love helping women become powerful. And, and to, 
go to their greatness and know everything about them. So that's just something I've all, because I've always worked in a male dominated industry from my contracting to outside sales, even to network marketing, get into that and it, it, where I was at very male dominated. So my passion is still the ambitious woman and helping them. And I have a conference, you know, I've, I've had nine of them every year. The ambitious women conference open now to all women in entrepreneurs and network marketing, because I feel that, that's what I'm going to do. Ever, you know, I'm still going to always do that. That's one of my favorite events of the year, uh, and I just want that to grow and, and more people and more women uh, be empowered and know that they can do it. Because certainly, if I can do it, they can do it. And that's how I feel. I think you just have to be vulnerable and transparent with women because they see right through you if they're not. So that's definitely um, my passion. And, um, and I want to continue to always do that's the legacy I want to leave. And if you read the intro in my book, that is the legacy I want to leave for my children, for my granddaughters, um, because I want them to know what my life was about and, and um, why it's worth living. You know, so beyond that, when you, once you are successful and you get out there and, and you um, make it, you know, a lot of opportunities can come your way. And so uh, one of them came my way to have an opportunity to uh, open up or um, co-found the Direct Sales TV Network. Now, I've always loved media. I always I love uh, uh, the camera. I love that type of thing. So this was a great opportunity for me. But along the way, especially the last two or three years, I fell in love with the net marketing in net work marketing industry profession. I just love people. I love all the products. I love all the people. Uh, I would buy every single thing, you know, and use. that's all I would ever use. And, and Careful, if that was people feasible. are going to start selling you stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably have all of it already. But I, right. I, I, I enjoy it. And so what Direct Sales TV Network was founded on is to help people expand their platform and give them an opportunity to have their own TV show. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, a TV show? Well, you know what? We've got the exclusive on Apple TV. Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Chromecast. And so we're launching August 1st in just a couple of weeks with shows. People have already been uh, producing their shows and um, we're so excited about it. It is also for, you know, there's people that, you know, like a Ray Higdon or an Amber Voice, they have lots of content, they're already out there, millions maybe of followers, and they're going to do shows, and that'll be great. They're going to be awesome, lend credibility to our station. But we also have it for people that they're rock stars. They just need an opportunity to expand their platform and to get out there and let people see what rock stars they are and share their story and and share their uh, vision. And so we, that is really what uh, the Direct Sales TV Network is about. It's just a platform. In our day and age, everything is about now. They say your uh, chances of reaching people with a video and you are, like go up so much percent rather than send an email. Everything is, is visual. And so right. we just know that uh, the Direct Sales TV Network is going to be a good tool for you know, hundreds of network marketers that uh, for a very great price point to be able to market themselves, market what they're doing, 
And then we have an opportunity to be national right now. I think Apple has like 30 million viewers and growing every day. The millennials are just taking over the world, and, and they don't, they don't uh, have time for, um, you know, anything else. My son lives in Japan, and he was there like a year, and he didn't have a TV. And I said, why don't you have a TV? He goes, I don't need a TV, Mom. I got my laptop and my phone. I watch everything. Right. <laughs> right. And so – we're just staying up with the time. This opportunity just came into my lap. I have great partners, Tasha Carter and Amy Applebaum, and our projection, Jamie Rios. So we are here to serve. I guess it's like when someone gets a passion for philanthropy or they or a charity or anything. I just have a passion to to really give this a credibility to the industry. Um, that people will know it's a legitimate and you should be proud and it's an awesome industry and and we want our children and grandchildren and everybody to to know that and i think being on media is going to be a great way to show that yeah that's awesome so you got two big projects going on the uh, ambitious woman conference which is every Mm -hmm. year now open to the public and directsales.tv which Kimmy and I are certainly going to get involved in that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I would ask uh, Lindsay, who she'll catch this, to post the the websites for both of those in the chat so people can go check them out um, if they it, want it, to. It, right. If you're interested in being a host, that's directsalespdnetwork.com, and it. I can get that to Lindsay. And then after August 1st, the directsales.tv will be the TV guide listing all the hosts and everybody that's going to be on it, and every day we'll be adding shows. Uh, you were talking about you know, my uh, $12 million a year, but I was reading some figures that the direct sales market, the, the brand, the product is actually a $2.5 trillion direct sales market. I mean, think of that, product sold, what, what direct sales is giving to the, to the world. That's, how, that's what we're producing. That's, like, amazing. That's, that's yeah. such a market. They can't deny us anymore, you know? It, it's, right. <laughs> it, it's here. Yep, it is for sure. All right, Esther, we're uh, closing up on the hour. Um, so here's why, how I want to wrap this up. Um, First, I've got my marketing people that have, uh, they have a special, for those of you that are listening, a special opportunity and challenge for you to consider, and you could reflect on the tools conversation that Esther and I had earlier. This is, uh, for those of you that have not tested the power of using the four-year career book mm-hmm. in your prospecting, consider... Just consider trying this on. So Lindsay, who's in charge of our marketing at Bliss Business, she came up with this program for you. If you'll go to blissbusiness.com forward slash chat and tell us what you learned from this call, you got an opportunity to earn some free books, win some free books, somebody that articulates a really good lesson from this call is going to win some free books. For all the rest of you, if you go to blissbusiness.com, go in where you place an order, use the coupon code HERO, H-E-R-O, HERO, 
you're going to get 10% uh, off your next order. But here's a challenge for you to consider. Buy 25 for your career books. If you buy 25, you buy them for four bucks a piece. And here's what you do with these 25 books. Go put them like Johnny Appleseed in the hands of 25 people that you would love to have in your business. 25 people that if they saw network marketing the way you see it, they might join your business. And your approach is pretty simple. Just ask them to do you a favor. Tell them what you're doing. And don't keep any secrets from them. And just say, you know what? It's right here in this book. You don't have to read it. Just look through it. You can look through it in 20 or 30 minutes. When you're done, just tell me what you think. So you're not using any manipulative traditional sales language. You're just being totally authentic and strategic. And uh, so I'll leave this one lesson for all of you, how we do it in Bliss Business. You want to know how to prospect people, how to talk to people, what to say to people. What do I say to my family? What do I say to my friends? Well, just imagine they had an opportunity, and they were going to tell you about it. How would you want them to tell you? And notice how your answer is, well, I just want them to tell me. Right. Like, you wouldn't want them to be super busy and I can't answer those questions. You wouldn't want them to manipulate you or be cute or give you any goofy marketing and sales stuff. You just want them to tell you the truth. So worst case scenario, um, if you don't know what to do, just tell people the truth and be totally authentic and uh, ask them to take a look at the book. And then here's what you do. You get those 25 books out. And all you do is follow up with people and see who's read it. And what I've found is if you ask people, hey, would you look at this? I'll give it to you if you look at it in a couple of days. All the people who promise to read it in a couple of days, 50% of them will have done it in a couple of days. The interesting thing about those people is they're really valuable in your business because they, those are people that keep their word. The other 50% that didn't read it in a couple of days, they may still promise to read it, but they probably won't, or you'll have to chase them. I've been chasing one guy for five years. Every couple of years, he, every couple of months, he promises to read it, but he still hasn't. So uh, here's the investment opportunity. Just think about you invest $125 in 25 books. You get those books out in the marketplace. You follow up, follow up, follow up. If you just get one distributor from that, you're looking at a – five to tenfold return on your investment. Think about what is a distributor worth to you. And it's not a pure investment. There's work involved. But if you haven't tried using a generic tool to interest your prospects in what you're doing, just try it and then tell us about your success story. So Esther, here's how I want to wrap this up. Uh, we've actually gone over a couple of minutes, but um, – I'm curious, um, if you were to ask me a question, what would that question be? And you didn't have any time to prep this. So what do you think a question that the listening audience, let's see, you probably have a lot of Ambit distributors on this call and your team, what would you ask me that I could contribute to them? 
Well, seeing as you have a, a, an elite career, uh, and obviously you stuck with it, so if you could tell the audience, what would be the number one thing or, or that you did or reason that you, you did not give up? How did, you, how did you stick it out? I mean, what, was there a turning point? Was there a one-time decision? What was it that made you push through and not give up? Because did you ever feel like you wanted to give up? Oh, yeah. I mean, my first Sometimes two I look and at you and think I, you never gave up. Right. Uh, my first two and a half years, I starved. I, I was a miserable failure. And I used what a lot of people use during that period as motivation. So the answer to, my question, to your question is self-motivation, which is, mm. has been my hallmark, mm-hmm. distinction, skill, art. That's been the art that I have practiced for 40 years is the art of self-motivation. In the beginning, my motivation was that I didn't want other people that I started with like my sponsor and other people that joined about the same time that I did that I was working with, I didn't want them to go on and succeed and me fail. Mm, I didn't want to go back to, yeah, I didn't want to go back to the chicken plant and tell those people, uh, I'm a fool. It didn't work. Uh, I didn't want to tell my friends and family that, you know, I was a fool and it didn't work. So that's motivation. That's what kept me in the game. Uh, and, Longer term, uh, what kept me in the game, and I never, after the, like the third year, I mean my fourth year in the business, I made something like $400,000, you know, at the age of 26 or 27 years old, and that was, you know, 35 years ago, it was a lot of money. I never thought about quitting after that, but yeah. <laughs> um, I did oftentimes look for, okay, what what am I playing for now? What What's going to motivate me? And so I have spent my career studying the art of self-motivation. It's one of my books, mm-hmm. Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, The Art of right. Personal Vision and Self-Motivation. I do retreats and workshops on the subject. Um, I think it's everything when it comes to success in anything that we're doing. And, you know, here's just an – I'll just leave you with an example of, a distinction about how important self-motivation is. You know, two distinctions that get a lot of play in the success conversation is discipline and commitment. You know, if you're going to be successful, you've got to be disciplined. If you're going to be successful, you've got to be committed. Well, here's an interesting thought about those two distinctions. They actually sound to me like distinctions that are necessary for people who aren't motivated. I mean, if you're not motivated to do what you need to do every day, you boy, you better be disciplined. You better be committed. Discipline and commitment are distinctions that are deployed by people who have yet to master motivation. Mm-hmm. And so they have, to, they have to create this different kind of motivation, which is more of a coercive, more of a guilt-oriented um, motivation, which is I'm going to do this whether I want to or not. I'm going to do this even though I don't want to. And what I developed the art of 
and teach people how to do is to want to do what they need to do every day to be successful. Not have to do it, not force themselves to do it, but they want to do it. And just think about you know, where the rubber meets the road in network marketing is you've got to talk to people. You've got to ask them to take a look. You know? And so what if you wanted to? What if you got up every morning and you wanted to ask a couple of people to take a look at your products and your income opportunity? I mean, you just wanted to. You salivated over it. What would happen? It's like, what would happen if you got up every morning and you wanted to work out for an hour or you wanted to do yoga or you wanted to go for a hike every day? I mean, you know, for people that have fitness challenges, what would happen? Everything gets resolved. You know, kind of the single daily action, what's the one thing you need to do every day that changes everything? What's the huge pivot point? And what if you could fall in love with doing that? And so that's what that's the number one thing that uh, has contributed to my career is anything that I feel like I really need to do, I deploy the art of self-motivation to fall in love with doing it so that I don't have to struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And, and by no means, Esther and audience, do I claim mastery <laughs> over anything. It's all a challenge it's all a growth process. It's all a journey. Good question. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Any last and mo- words from you, Esther? And motivated, and motivated, live a motivated life, or motivated life is an attribute of being an ambitious person. So that's good. Of course. The two go hand in hand. Anybody who's ambitious is highly motivated. Mm-hmm. Any final words from you? I'm just happy to be here and share, and thank you so much for uh, – letting me uh, be on your show. I thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you. And uh, audience, if you want to reach out to me, my email is, and I'm on Facebook and email, reach out to me if you want to ask me a personal question uh, about something, please feel free to. I'd love to reach back out to you. Awesome. So Esther, thank you so much. It was a great honor. Enjoyed very much getting to know you. And I'm sure we will... uh, have a hug somewhere down the road soon. Yes, we want to see you and Kimmy. I want to see Kimmy on Direct Sales TV Network. You guys are too awesome to not be on TV. All right, we'll get on TV. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Take a night, everybody. Appreciate you joining. Don't forget to go to blissbusiness forward uh, slash chat and see if you can win some Bye-bye. books. Good night. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. If you are inspired and are ready to create your own success story, then it is time to take advantage of some of the top network marketing tools available. Pick up the top recruiting tool that has prospects saying, yes, the four-year career and the four-year career for women. Get your mindset right. Without a clear vision, success is lost. Check out the best-selling book on vision, Mach 2 with your hair on fire. Learn to think like a successful person with this step-by-step guide on how to break through your self-imposed limitations. Mach 2 Vision Training is a 90-minute four-part video training where you get Richard to walk you through crafting your vision. It's a must for anyone looking to step outside the box and hit the ground running. 
For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles. This success story is not typical. It is meant to inspire you and show you what's possible. It is not what you should expect to accomplish. Your income will depend entirely on you, your commitment, your work ethic, your leadership, and your ability to acquire customers and inspire sales leaders to join your team. Most people who start off intending to build a sales team do not maintain their motivation to continue.